As hilarious as that music may sound, it is not how I want to kick off my podcast. Welcome to the Michael Aldred Comedy Podcast. It's going to be so much fun where he makes humor of himself and the many things in New York City. Oh, and by the way, this is not the voice of Bruno. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Michael Oldroyd Comedy Podcast. It's been a couple weeks. Good to be here. Good to be with yous. You know, good to be with yous as, as much as I can be for not being with you uh, in person. But we're connected through my soul, if that makes sense. We're connected through my soul that is reaching into your eardrums and becoming a part of your cerebellum and psyche. You know, so how's that for a philosophical quick breakdown to start off the podcast, the podcast, uh, 2018 is almost over, ladies and gents. Hey, ladies in competition. Well, I should say ladies in at one point in time competition because I am in a relationship. So the guys out there are no longer a competition. They are simply friends of mine. Always have been, always will be, but... Uh, now more than ever, because I'm off the market. Nevertheless, 2018 is almost over. Are you guys excited? I hope you guys had a good year. But more importantly, I hope that 2019 is an even better year than 2018. In fact, as everyone says, I hope it's the best year yet. Isn't that always an exciting and positive way of looking at it? Hey, I hope 2019 brings you a better, better opportunities than 2018. Huh? That's what that's that's the gist of what people wish, and I do appreciate when they say something of that nature, you know, with that, with that intention, if you will, or that kind-hearted, you know, those 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 well wishes, positivity can can make a difference. Um, I remember, uh, you know, on a, on a tough day, seven months into 2018, I just thought back on a rough day. I remember that stranger on the street that wished me a happy 2018 on December 31st, 2017. I, I drew from that. You know, I on, on a hard day, I was able to think back to when a stranger wished me a happy new year and, and said, I hope 2018 is a great year for you. You know, I'm not trying to downplay the importance of positivity, just shedding some light on some habits that we all have. Uh, I don't. I don't know exactly. I think it's a good thing. My my opinion is it is a good thing to to have well wishes and uh, wish people a happy 2019. I do wish that for you guys. Um, it'll be here soon. I don't know if you have resolutions. Uh, like I've said in the past, every time I do a a podcast around New Year's, my comment is always don't wait until New Year's Day to start a new goal or task what happens is most people burn themselves out because in the new year they get all ambitious and then they start something that's not sustainable it's all about creating a regular pattern less is more if you can do it on a regular basis right a habit is going to be much more impactful than doing something a great amount one or two times because you burn yourself out right you you don't uh go out and um drink a few gallons of water so that you can rehydrate after uh you know either drinking or playing a sport and thinking that you're you, you can't rehydrate yourself for the rest of your life in one setting is what i'm trying to say you need to drink 
a couple eight ounces eight ounce glasses of water every day and spread that out rather than drinking a gigantic rather than beer bonging a gallon or two of water in one setting thinking that you're oh I heard water's healthy so on New Year's Day I'm just gonna just in indulge in gallons of water that's an analogy I guess that I'm creating I don't know if I'm making sense I guess I'm saying metaphorically speaking just because something like water is healthy or working out um, don't beer bong gallons of water on the first few days of the year and then not drink water for the rest of the year. That's very unhealthy, okay? It's unhealthy to to drink, a, to beer bong a gallon of water, you know, just, just slow and steady. The tortoise wins the race at slow and steady pace. It's not about being the hare, guys. Don't start off the new year like the hare. Start the new year off like the tortoise and build on the miles that you've already put in on in during 2018 and then 2017 2016 keep climbing that mountain baby toward the sun, summit and go at a sustainable pace do you guys like how i give you advice to start off my podcast um i don't really listen to many podcasts out there so i don't know what podcasts i am similar to and what podcasts i'm dissimilar to but i imagine that uh I'm not similar to any podcast, considering all this stuff is coming right out of my brain. Uh, and just as I say that, I'm going to go into my worldly updates that I have accumulated from news stories. So isn't that ironic? Um, I hope you guys have enjoyed the holiday season. You know, like I said, uh, I think New Year's is pretty much the last holiday until uh, Martin Luther King Day, right? So, you know, I I hope you had a happy Kwanzaa if you celebrate that. A Merry Christmas if you celebrate Christmas. Happy Hanukkah if you're Jewish. Or if you celebrate Hanukkah and you're not Jewish. I don't know. Maybe there are some people out there that do that, right? Uh, nevertheless, I hope this holiday season has been good to you and your family. I'll talk a little bit about mine later in this, but... We're going to start the show off with our worldly update. So right now, Trump is calling for a... Oh, actually, there's a couple... So Trump is trying to... Yeah, he, he's basically uh, kind of at a gridlock right now, trying to get funding to build a wall, as he promised, right, uh, on the southern border of the U.S. Very smart stuff, guys. Always good to try and build a wall that was useful over 2,000 years ago in ancient China, back when there was no technology, because cause, cause a wall is going to keep people out. Spending $5 billion of U.S. Uh, government dollars is really going to have a great impact on keeping people out. Not. That's a good place for the not joke from the movie Borat. Uh, people can swim over, they can get in boats, they can fly planes, uh, a wall is not going to do jack shit, except rack up the Williams, a.k.a. the Bills, the Benjamins, if you will, uh, of our taxpayers' dollars. So the Democrats are uh, fighting against it, of course, right, because it's an ongoing battle between the Republicans and the Democrats, and I don't really like to talk about politics, but all I know is, yo quiero Taco Bell, I don't know. Um, anyway, what do we got? 
what do we got? Do you think the government is going to continue to be shut down, guys? Tweet at me and find out. Uh, I don't. I don't have. Don't tweet at me about that because uh, it's not gonna. It's not gonna get you anything. Tweeting at people is not really gonna get you anywhere in life, guys. Unless it's like a giveaway or something, then then it might get you some free tickets if you if you win. You can tweet at Jimmy Fallon sometimes during those times when he's asking questions, and you can get like free tickets to his show. So maybe tweeting at people can get you somewhere. I don't know, but tweeting at me about this particular topic not gonna not gonna get you anywhere in life, except maybe a retweet from me because you know what I mean. I'm a nice guy. Um, we'll see if the government they, they're predicting that the government is going to be shut down for uh, going into the new year, and at some point. They're hypothesizing that for every day the government is shut down, the U.S. economy uses one loses $1 billion. So that's always nice, right? That's always a good thing. And that really ties in with the stock market. So um, thank you so much, Trump, for uh, creating volatility in the stock market. Uh, we appreciate that as the United States citizens and the rest of the world. Uh, thank you so much for um, you know throwing a fit about this wall that I thought you were going to get Mexico to pay for. For some reason, they're not paying for it. I wonder why. Oh, that's weird. Oh, okay. Um, anywho, that's that. So, yeah, the stock market has been volatile. Uh, I think Q4 of 2018 is looking like the, the worst year since the 2000, or the worst quarter since the 2008 recession. So, interest rates are going to be going uh, up. They've already gone up, so... You guys might want to shift. If you have, uh, you might want to cash out if you're ahead. On uh, if you're lucky enough to be ahead, you may want to cash out on some short-term stocks and invest in the banks, aka savings accounts that are going to be getting higher and higher interest rates. So, um, if you're invested in long-term, you know, retirement accounts, you know, S&P 500 type of investments like a Vanguard 2050 fund. Uh, I personally would, uh, you know, keep those investments uh, where they are uh, in the short term. If you're ahead, pull out is my advice. If you're below, hold on for dear life. Hope, hopefully the stocks go back up. If they reach a point that you're comfortable with, then cash out. If you're old, then uh, do not cash out. You should have. You should have not had money still in the stock market if you're old. So you're going to have to ride the wave and hope it goes back up. I would not cash out if you're if you are uh low right now, you know. If if you're if your uh, investments are down, I would not cash out. Ride it out. But we're going through some volatile and unknown times, guys. The short term is is un is very unclear. I'd say the long term is unclear too, but I'm just hoping I'm just hoping with those retirement accounts that it's all going to be good someday. Um, we'll see. You know, time will tell, guys. Isn't money something? <laughs> they say money is the root of all evil. Do you guys agree? Tweet at me. Uh, I'm just kidding. Don't tweet at me. Who knows? I don't think I don't think money itself is evil, guys. I really don't. I think it's what one does or the spirit in which they have money. Uh, you know what they do. It, you know it, it can be a form of power, and I think it's what you do with it that uh, you know determines whether or not it's good or evil, right? 
Um, so we're getting real deep today, guys, on this podcast that's entering your eardrums from my soul. Um, money's just a bunch of zeros and ones, you know, in a computer, guys. You know, it's uh, it's an illusion, guys. It's faith-based. Money is actually faith-based. It's a collective group faith-based faith based, uh, system. We all believe that these things have value, um, but if we lose confidence in it, it gets devalued very fast. That's what happened in the uh, stock market crash uh, during the, right before the Great Depression. Um, you know, because money is not actually real, and faith was completely lost uh, in the stock market at that time, it collapsed. So don't lose faith. Don't lose faith in money, uh, I guess is my point. I don't know. I don't know. Bring all the, bring out the old bartering system, ladies and gentlemen. You know, I'll trade, uh, I'll do some jokes uh, for some meals, right? I'll trade, uh, you know, a couple jokes for some meals, guys, if uh, times, get, times get bad, you know, make you laugh. My sense of humor will always have currency is what I'm trying to say. You jealous? All righty then. Speaking of that, I'm wearing an Ace Ventura t-shirt right now. Oh, man. Let's see what the world has in store for us in 2019, guys. Uh, a couple other updates. Kim Kardashian and Kanye West had a Christmas party. And on the eve of Christmas, Kim Kardashian had a nip slip that, according to some sources, satisfied Kanye West. Kanye West liked the nip slit and slip and was not afraid to publicly announce that. I saw some pictures or videos. I guess Paris Hilton was at their party. Dave Chappelle, I think, was there. God, you know, I'm jealous. Not. Um, Dave Chappelle is cool. Uh, I'm not hating on anybody here. Uh, Kanye West, interesting fella. Um, I couldn't tell if the if that was real snow at their party. I think it's in Calabasas, California. I don't know guys i don't know and i don't care but there was a swimming pool look it up you know nip slip look up nip slip kanye west kim kardashian determine your own thoughts tweet at me whatever don't tweet at me i don't care all right uh another story that i found interesting in the news a few weeks back was that there was a and by the way it's been a couple weeks since i've done this podcast appreciate your patience i've been letting it build up like a nice big load to release on all of your eardrums, uh, this comedic load I've got built up for you. Uh, anyway, the story that I found captivating, there was a drunk woman who stole $2,000 via Venmo from a guy who was asking for her number. I think she was uh, she worked at the bar. I'm not exactly sure what it was, but somehow she he asked her for her number. When she put, went to put it in his phone, she actually Venmoed herself $2,000, there's mixed reactions about this on the internet. Some people were applauding her, saying that's really cool, blah, blah, blah. And of course, you're going to get the entire spectrum. The Me Too movement seems to be dying down a little bit right now. It's obviously um, always going to be very important, but the intensity of it uh, seems to be dying down a little bit. I don't know. Uh, you tell me. Tweet at me. No. Uh, some people were saying... Um, Obviously, there's some people that are really pissed off. I personally, you know, I think anytime, it doesn't matter, man or woman, whatever it is, that's stealing, right? It's it's uh, it's a funny idea, maybe a funny sketch for funnierdie.com. 
uh, or SNL, but to do it in real life, that's that's illegal. You're you're stealing. So applauding them, she was this woman was getting a lot of applause on Instagram, uh, and some people were getting mad. You know, pointing out the fact that it's a crime. You know, a criminal offense. Uh, and uh, and then um, some people came out and they were saying they were. You know, there's all. You know, everyone's sensitive about everything these days, obviously. Uh, and some people were getting mad at the men who were upset, right? And p- there were people. There were people out there saying, "Where were these upset men a few weeks ago during the Brett Kavanaugh hearing?" I mean, what is this world turning into if that's how people react to things? You know what I mean? Like, you, like now you, you have like people. What kind of an argument is it for somebody to, like, people don't have to comment on everything they have a thought about publicly, right? Like, like I don't have to share my opinion on every single thing that happens. Uh, I pick and choose what I want to comment on, regardless of how intense my feelings are. So if someone came out at me because I remained silent on one topic, but I talked about another and they said, where were you on this other thing? And, and, and all of a sudden they're saying that I care more about this one topic be- that I spoke about. Why was I silent on the other? I, I hate when I hear people say that. It's so ignorant and stupid. That's how like two-year-olds act. So uh, we have the right to remain silent. We have the right to of, of free speech in this country. And when somebody has an opinion or speaks out on something, it doesn't mean that they don't have an opinion on something else or that they care less about the thing that they didn't speak of. So we need to, we need to quit. Do these people not know how to play poker? Not that these particular things is a game of poker, but you don't have to play every hand you're dealt. I mean, what do these people think that you're like forced to, to comment and, and play every single hand that you're ever dealt in poker and, and reveal all your cards at all times. I mean, come on, you know, what the heaven, you know, what, what are these people's deal? I'm sick of hearing everybody's opinion, getting offended on, on just blasphemous, just blasphemous things. This, this world is in such a judgmental state right now. People are so quick to judge people in the public eye. It's I think when people come out and they make judgments, it's it's just a huge um, reflection of their own ignorance. You know, like when I was talking about Trump and the wall, it was so ignorant of me. You know what I mean? Uh, in all honesty, I don't I don't know enough about it to to truly even have a strong opinion on the wall. I just know that it's not going to be effective. It seems to me like a waste of money. Um, I also I also like immigrants my mom's an immigrant so i you know the whole idea i think that it should be regulated i think that people should be documented properly uh but i'm not worried about people stealing our jobs i'm not worried about immigrants coming to this country that's what's made this country it's a one of the cornerstones and building blocks of what it is to be the united states of america you know my mom came to this country she made something of herself people should have that opportunity it's the american dream regardless of where you're from and if you're worried about people stealing your jobs and your ass is not working hard enough, so get the fuck up off the sofa and go work, you know? Go f- go create a job. Go start your own company. 
I'm starting. Uh, I've I've been I've founded Droid Entertainment. Uh, I I was calling it LOL Droid Entertainment before, but I'm gonna officially um, establish the name Droid Entertainment uh, as a sole proprietorship, right? A DBA in as Droid Entertainment. That way, it's not. It's all encompassing, right? It's uh, an entertainment company, not limited to just comedy, right? The Droid is my nickname. So anyway. Quit being lazy, guys. If you're afraid of immigrants stealing your jobs, you're a fucking lazy-ass piece of shit. All right? I'm just kidding. I love you. I love y'all. All right. Let's move on. Uh, speaking of the Brett Kavanaugh thing, do you guys like how I'm getting into politics for the first time in my life? It's because I listened to one Alexa flash news briefing, and now all of a sudden I'm an expert, you know? Um, I, I, I listened to this flash news briefing before I recorded this podcast tonight. And I was listening to a dialogue of, like, a couple high school kids and, like, a 20-year-old kid, all boys, about their 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 analysis of Brett Kavanaugh. It was like a New York Times uh, kind of um, blop, blurp, I don't know the right word for it, but it was kind of like an audio dialogue of them. And apparently these kids talked about it in school. You know, they were presented different facts and, and allowed to come up with opinions. Apparently the kids out there are, you know, you know, they, they have a reflection of all the opinions that you hear adults have, right? Some people think that he's guilty. Some people don't. Some people think that, you know, the woman who came out and spoke out against him is, is right and that she's being, you know, not taken seriously. Some people think she's lying. Some people think, you know, it's the whole wide spectrum, but these kids, what I thought was interesting is they were talking, they were asking for their opinions and, you know, like, I, got, I actually heard two things, two takeaways that I thought was interesting that I hadn't thought of before. And I was like, wow, these 16-year-old kids came up with something that actually was worth going into my eardrums. Uh, one, uh, some of the things they said also made them sound like complete buffoons. I was listening to it with my girlfriend. We were laughing because they weren't even like speaking in complete sentences. Uh, but it was still, it was still stimulating and interesting. And uh, the two takeaways that I thought were were cool, sorry to bore you guys with this bullshit, I don't know why I'm talking about it, but uh, one of the kids said he thought that a good takeaway from that whole experience is that people should try to come out if they have a complaint or if they feel victimized sooner rather than later for a few reasons. Uh, and, and the main reason is, is it could prevent somebody, a perpetrator of, of something, if they are guilty of repeating offenses toward others. So in a way, it's protecting, it's having a civic duty, I guess you could say, to protect other potential victims by coming out with things sooner than, rather than later. And I also think it's good for, for somebody who is maybe doing something wrong, whether they're, un, if they're unknowingly doing something wrong, which I, I don't think that is the case, but it's always possible that they are, are able to have the opportunity to have that constructive feedback and um, rectify their behavior. Um, depending on how severe the the crime is, you know, they might just flat out go to jail right away, you know. But um, nevertheless, uh, I do think the idea of coming out and, and not waiting decades to, you know, to, to publicly... Uh, you know, call somebody out for something. I think addressing, I think privately addressing it first is, you know, the most, the, the, if, if possible, no, I mean, I'm not using this as an all-encompassing thing, you know, but, but if somebody feels like they've been wrong, 
I would want someone to come to me and, and share that, right? And give me the opportunity first to, to make it right somehow or, or to bring it to my awareness if I already wasn't made aware that I, I've, I've upset somebody or hurt somebody, right? There's certain things. Certain, if you do something that's really bad, obviously the, the person doesn't really deserve the right to, to be addressed with it first. Like, for example, if somebody you know, raped me, um, I don't owe that person, you know, a one-on-one, you know, dialogue before I, you know, go to the cops or make it public, right? Uh, but, um, if somebody, um, you know, negligently, uh, you know, said some things that hurt my feelings or made me feel, objectified, then uh, I think going to them first and addressing how I feel uh, would be an appropriate first step and, and, and sooner rather than later. So um, that's my takeaway, guys. You know, we're working through these things. We're, we're moving toward a progressive state, I think. I don't know, you know, society. Yeah, who knows, right? I hope so. Um, let's move on to some other stuff, right? Uh, this last week... There was something that happened in Astoria, in, in Astoria, New York. There was like this light, like this electrical something that caused like the sky to light up, and people didn't really know. I even saw Facebook statuses. One of my comedy friends said something about, "Did am I the only one that just thought a UFO was in the sky?" Anyway, apparently other people, until they knew what it was, some people thought it might be a UFO, like a you know Independence Day type thing, and. Uh, there was one article saying that there was a New Yorker that grabbed a samurai sword to defend against a potential alien invasion. I mean, what? Let's give it up for that guy. You know, he's he's just he's protecting his own. You know what I mean? Like, hey, there might be aliens outside. Let me get my fucking samurai sword. All right, you are not messing with me and my family. All right, let's get that samurai sword. When I was uh, in Spain, I almost I would have loved. And Japan earlier this year. Spain and Japan, I, I saw swords, and I wanted to bring them back. But I just, I didn't end up dropping the money on them. And I know my girlfriend would have not appreciated it if I came with a sword. I do have that Spartan helmet now, which she hates. And I figure that's enough to, that's all, that's about all I can get without creating further fights, you know. So, uh, I think the takeaway is, the takeaway is I, I should get a samurai sword, actually, in case aliens uh, come to come to Earth and attack us. Because you don't know whether they're good or bad. <laughs> that was the guy's uh, statement. <laughs> yeah. Real hero. He's a real hero. Hashtag hero. Hashtag let me buy that guy a drink, huh? Uh, what else is going on? In the world of football, we're getting closer to the end of the season. You know, high school football is pretty much done now, right? Uh, across the country, uh, college football, uh, the bowl games are going on. We got the college playoff happening. I think uh, Alabama's playing Oklahoma very soon in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, the Missouri Tigers tomorrow are playing uh, in their bowl game against Oklahoma State. Is it the Liberty Bowl? If I'm not mistaken, can I can I just say one thing? I think there there are too many bowl games, right? You win six games and you're automatically in a bowl game. It's kind of stupid. It, it waters down 
like the value of what it means to be in a bowl game. There should not be 30,000 bowl games for every team to play in if you win six games. But it is what it is. Uh, I'll be watching tomorrow probably at Ray's, which is the MU Alumni Watch Party Bar here in New York City. Um, I'll be wearing my Missouri Tigers shirt with a, a Hufflepuff shirt underneath because it's the matching colors. It's red and black. I am a Hufflepuff, according to J.K. Rowling's website. Without getting too distracted on the Harry Potter stuff, let me get back to the Missouri football stuff. Uh, tomorrow's the game. Uh, it's very exciting to see that uh, Coach Odom has been, um, they've extended his contract, the head football coach at Missouri. As I've told you guys before, Coach Odom's awesome. He's a man of integrity. I've known him for a long time. He's a Missouri boy, played football there uh, back in the day, and uh, he's the one who let me through the doors at Mizzou. And he was always a supportive coach. He was always by the book. He was a man of integrity. He didn't cut corners. Uh, when you're around Coach Odom, it, it, you know, it brings out the best in, in, in as a student athlete. I thought it brought out the best in me. It made me want to do things right by the book as an athlete, as a student. Uh, go to class. I think he, he's a, he's a first-class person, and I am excited. They've renewed his contract. They've given him a raise, and uh, he deserves it. I, I think that there's a very bright future for uh, Coach Odom, and I'm always going to say double down on Barry Odom. Regardless of what happens at the end of this next contract, I say double down on him. Double down on that man for eternity is what I say. I think that uh, they should invest in, in Barry Odom as a, as a lifetime coach at the University of Missouri. I hope that he stays there until he, until he retires decades from now. Um, and I think uh, the sky's the limit with him. And uh, it'll be fun to see what happens next year. I know we got a new uh, quarterback coming, transferring. It'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, if he if he ends up winning the job. But people are pretty excited about him, you know, with Andrew Luck leaving. Uh, so that's a lot of MU football talk. Uh, let's talk about Hufflepuff now. Now, uh, before I finish the Missouri football stuff, apparently there was a football coach that was arrested a few weeks back in Columbia, Missouri, went to the Boone County Jail. Familiar place, huh? Uh, no, he, uh, I guess he missed a court date for a speeding ticket or something, and uh, as a result of that, there was a, a warrant out for his arrest. So when he got pulled over early one morning, they realized that there was a warrant out for his arrest. So, guys, the lesson is is go to your court dates, all right? If you, if you got a speeding ticket, no, no matter how big or small the infraction is, you got to take care of that stuff, guys. All right, what's what's that coach's deal? You know, I've hey, who am I to judge, right? I've I've done some some blunders in my day, but uh, you live and you learn. So take you got to take care of business. Um, One thousand uh, dollar bond is what uh, he was on. Uh, I had a one thousand dollar bond as well. I paid for it with my credit card. Bailed myself out. Pretty cool stuff. <laughs> If anyone's listening to, that, listening to that, do not think that I'm downplaying the importance of what happened or the significance. It is not a joke. It is not funny. And I never want to be in that position again. And I don't recommend anybody uh, ever 
wanting to go to jail, I can tell you from firsthand experience, it is not glamorous. Uh, it is not a cool place to be. It feels like the bottom of the earth. Uh, I had an inmate in there, and he did not seem like a brain surgeon. He was not the type of person that, uh, you know, you know, you, it wasn't the type of person you want to interact with, uh, you know, and, and build a company with, if you know what I mean. So, uh, not to judge the guy. He could have been a fellow Hufflepuff. I don't know. But uh, he, he looked kind of like uh, that one comedian... What's his name? Stephen Wright, was it? The, he, the, the guy in, in my cell with me reminded me of a look-alike of Stephen Wright, except not, like, smart. You know what I mean? Stephen Wright was a great comic uh, back in the day, known for silly one-liners. Uh, a lot of people compared Mitch Hedberg to him. If you, uh, I don't know if that rings any bells for you, but let's go ahead and move on. Speaking of football, Sunday the Dallas Cowboys are coming to New York and the Giants will be playing them there. I don't know why Eli Manning is suddenly turning things around, like somehow it's going to change. They're not going to the playoffs and they're just ruining their potential draft picks. But, well, actually I do know why. Probably job security. Because uh, if, if he didn't start winning and he doesn't you know, do well, they may get rid of him. But I think... I think that uh, I think he's wanting to uh, you know buy himself a little bit of job job security there. It's good to see them turning things around. Uh, plus, you, you never want to lose on purpose, right? Just just to get a good draft pick. I mean, you don't want to throw in the towel. Fight till the end, baby, right? Fight till the fucking end, like uh, like the Gladiator, like Maximus from the Gladiator, right? It's not. A, sometimes it's about the principle rather than all the X's and the O's, right? Finish the race strong. Doesn't matter if you're in last place. You don't give up because you're in last place, right? You run your race. You never give in. You never give up, all right? So, uh, speaking of that, I want to talk about Hufflepuff for a second. Have you guys ever been to Pottermore and taken the J.K. Rowling test? Um, I personally have been to Pottermore.com. Uh, I, I was a Hufflepuff, but I've also taken a few other Harry Potter tests. And in each one, uh, outside of the Pottermore test, I'm a Gryffindor. The first time I took uh, was a Facebook test. I got Gryffindor. I was excited, right? Who Everyone wants to be Gryffindor, I assume. Uh, actually, no, I checked it is a proud Slytherin, which was, I found very weird, very attractive woman. She fits the, fits the bill. She's her, her, her sexiness is so strong that, um, she, she, she is a, a Slytherin. You, you can just tell it's bad news. Not that Slytherins are all bad. Uh, but, uh, she's a proud Slytherin. Anyway, um, got Gryffindor, uh, first time around. I was like, why that, why in the heaven, did I get Hufflepuff? I realized it's a great trade. And then I recently took the Time Magazine Harry Potter test. And uh, I'm a majority Gryffindor. Next Hufflepuff, next Ravenclaw, and 0% Slytherin. Isn't that exciting, guys? So I'm 0% Slytherin. Um, so, yeah. <sighs> I watched a ton of Harry Potter over Christmas with my girlfriend here we just i watched like the last episodes i i just like the last couple ones when it gets like toward the end where 
you know, Harry is uh, fighting directly against Voldemort. I, I find that very exciting, and my girlfriend does too. In fact, I may even, when I get done recording this podcast, I might go wake up my chick and watch Harry Potter 7B once again. You know, that's the second of the two from the seventh book. Uh, you know, the, the very last one when Harry defeats Voldemort. I f- ah, forgive me for doing a spoiler alert there. Anyway, I'm talking a lot. I'm rambling. Let's, uh, let's get into the second segment of the show. Let's transition out of what's going on in the world, and let's talk about what's going on in, in the comedy world slash in my comedy world. So we talked about the SEC for a second there and Missouri football. Well, there's this SEC comedy show... Um, SEC South Southwestern Southeastern. <laughs> I don't know. Some there's some comedy show at the Broadway Comedy Club next month that I'm booked at, and I'm very excited. Um, you know, I'm gonna do a lot of Missouri football jokes. I've been I've been opening up about football a lot more and really developing. You know, my football jokes when I first started doing comedy over 12 years ago in Columbia, Missouri, I was at the age of 19. It was my first year walking onto the football team. I really kind of just shot out of the gates. I came out of the gates swinging in in comedy. You know, it was very, um, there was a lot of buzz around, you know, being a local MU football player, talking about locker rooms and stuff. But I've really kind of, without just reciting those jokes word for word now, I've really taken the premises and, and developed them from an authentic and true perspective of mine rather than just making fun of myself. I'm kind of coming at it from a, a, a true perspective now, which is getting some positive responses from any audience, not just Missouri football fans that live in Columbia, Missouri. Um, you know, you would think that those jokes are kind of no longer relevant, but when I come at it from the perspective of, how much I loved football and, you know, that we did something great and I was a part of a, the team, then, you know, people become very intrigued and, and they, they, they zone in. So I've been really kind of not – for a while I stopped doing my football jokes altogether and people are always like – when they'd come to watch me, they'd be like, Mike, why aren't you doing your football stuff? I think that's your best stuff. And, you know, part of it is because I was like, I don't want to rely on that stuff that – that's in the past. That was 10 years ago. But, you know, football is such a big part of my life. I played for 14 years, for goodness sakes, and it was my true love. You know, football and comedy have always been neck and neck. Um, and, you know, at one point I actually had kind of like some internal conflicts on, you know, even when I was with uh, the Missouri football team, uh, I was trying to move up in the in the depth chart going into my junior year. And comedy was going really well at the same time, too. So I was getting this name um, around town for being a comedian and on the team. And it was, it was I'm not going to say it was a direct conflict, but it was starting to, it was getting a little confusing, right? It's like, are you, I'm a football player, but everyone knows me for comedy on the football team, you know? So uh, when I got hurt, the decision was naturally made for me that, that the football path and that door was closing outside of my will or or control, and that comedy was really the only, the only option of my two loves if I wanted to continue, right? Realistic, realistically. So, uh, 
that's a little bit behind that. I am excited to perform next month for the SEC Comedy Show. I'm also just excited because I've been, like I said, I've been doing a lot of football stuff and, and telling stories now a little bit. Um, I know my buddy Caleb Medley is going to love hearing about that. Uh, number 48, hashtag 48, baby. What's up, Caleb? Um, I'm excited. Caleb's coming in to visit me. Uh, early January, so uh, that'll be a lot of fun here in New York. Um, I think that'll be a good time. So definitely looking forward to seeing you, buddy. Uh, we'll uh, maybe we'll do a podcast episode or something together. You know, uh, maybe toss the football in Times Square. You know, maybe uh, run some routes and uh, knock some people over in Times Square. You know, as we race for the imaginary end zone and and just you know stiff arm some random pedestrians. Um, anyway, I've been doing a lot of shows lately. It's been, uh, just continuing, you know, almost night after night, I'm out there in the circuit doing stuff, uh, doing a ton of stuff at, uh, around town, you know, some at LOLs, Broadways, you know, um, the hostel shows, doing one-off shows. Uh, it's been, it's been good. I did a show at 70 Pine for our, for our building. I think, I don't know if I talked about that in the last podcast or, but, you know, for the residents here, I did some comedy, you know, um, I was at Old Man Hustle last night. So that was fun. You know, uh, two nights ago, uh, I think it was the day after Christmas, I had three shows. And then last night I had two shows. Um, tonight I had a show. Tomorrow night I have a show. And, uh, you know, I'm just I'm just grinding, guys. I, I can feel myself getting better at stand-up comedy because I'm immersing myself I'm continuing I mean you guys know I've been doing this for a while this immersion thing right but like literally 24 hours a day I I I have a relationship and I'm a human being so you know with my girlfriend I'm I have that relationships and and I'm a human being like we all are uh so so there is time that I'm not focused and I am eating sleeping or dropping fecal matter into the toilet but uh I, I, I truly, I'm getting in front of different types of audiences, worldly audience, especially the hostel show, right? Like we got people coming from all over the world and even, they don't know what football is. So it's, I've really been forced to really connect on a, on a human molecular level with people and, 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 and forced to find things that everyone would find funny, regardless of where you're from, even if you barely speak English. So that's forced me to really grow in a universal manner and I'm very excited about it I feel like I'm at a point where I can get up on stage any place anytime anywhere in front of any crowd do clean or dirty whatever I choose or whatever the the situation calls for um I you know I can do pc if I need to keep it like very like bland or I can do edgy stuff um you know and open up with more kind of edgy and or blue blue means dirty right so sometimes i'll ask the crowd do you guys like dirty jokes and people they'll scream you know all right i'm giving it to you you know so uh, to be in control of that i think for me it's taken a lot of years to to be that versatile and to be able to flip the switches on and off and to be confident that i'm going to be funny in any circumstance i mean there's always going to be people out there that don't like you no matter you know there's no comedian that's going to appeal to everybody in my opinion 
but I'm becoming the best that I can be as an individual. And the goal is to appeal while being myself to as many people as I can to, to, to bring uh, a connection, you know, to, to, to find that connection uh, that leads to, you know, laughter and, and um, relief and, you know, all these things. That's my mission. That's my mission in life, guys. Um, you know, I, I enjoy a lot of other things aside from comedy, so it's not my sole purpose, uh, but it is the, the driving force, um, especially with where I am now, you know. Uh, I'm excited to have this own company. I got into this... Uh, SEEP program with the state of New York, you know, the self-employment assistance program. So the state of New York is helping me, um, you know, fulfill these dreams. Uh, I do have them to thank for that. You know, they're actually financially assisting me uh, in, in this in this company, Droid Entertainment, uh, and, and being a self-represented artist uh, as I currently am. Um, so, yeah. That's a little bit of what's been going on in my world of comedy. There's more. Let's see here. Uh, my girlfriend's parents came in town last week. I, I met them in person for the first time. You know, that's obviously a, a big step. It went really well. Um, it was really nice to meet them. They came to support me and watch me do comedy at the Broadway Comedy Club. Sheba Mason had a show. Um, and that really meant a lot to me. You know, it, 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 was, uh, it was a really good time. Uh, my girlfriend seemed, um, you know, she seemed really happy that, uh, you know, that her family got to see me perform and, you know, that, that type of support is, is meaningful and, and, uh, to know that they enjoy that on top of that support, uh, is pretty, pretty randy, if you will. It makes me randy. It makes me excited and appreciative. I know Thanksgiving is over, but I'm very thankful and, uh, don't ever, don't ever uh, don't just wait till Thanksgiving to be grateful guys because gratitude actually there's a correlation between gratitude and happiness uh, Marcus Aurelius one of the uh, one of the world's renowned emperors uh, from uh, ancient Rome once said that uh, he is a wise man who realizes and appreciate what he has doesn't fixate on the things that he doesn't have. I mean, you want to have that balance where you're, you're always pushing and striving for more, but you cannot not appreciate what you do have. You know, I, I think that I'm my mindset, if you guys are interested, is I'm hungry. Like, I get off on, like, finding terminal velocity at the hustle, right? I, I enjoy the grind. I, I enjoy the grind because I know it reaps benefits. And I also know that you can, you know, the progress is infinite, right? Like the, the level that you can like perf striving for excellent, you know, Vince Lombardi once said, you know, if you strive for perfection, you can reach excellence in the pursuit, right? Like nobody can reach perfection necessarily without, uh, I'm not going to limit anyone to anything, but through the the through that pursuit of perfection you can achieve excellence uh and that's what i i enjoy that pursuit right i, I enjoy striving for perfection in the things that i'm passionate about knowing that there's always 
more that can be achieved. There's always more success that can be achieved. Um, but without having an empty hole in my heart, you know, like I feel fulfilled. I am proud of my achievements. And I think that's maybe an important lesson if I could bestow upon anyone that feels unfulfilled, that's extremely successful. Cause you know, you, there's always more you can, more you can achieve and you, you should, in my opinion, not become p- complacent, but you shouldn't walk around your entire life chasing something that can never be fulfilled and not feeling fulfilled. Like be fulfilled in the pursuit of striving per- for, for perfection. Does that make sense? That's a really deep philosophy there. We're kind of getting deep today, but uh, I think it's important to try to be the best you can be if you have a passion for something, but still be happy. Pat yourself on the back when you achieve things. Don't miss out on the moment because at the end, it truly is about the journey, right? So if you miss out because you're just focused on that next level of success or that next that next notch on your belt, for lack of a better term, you're going to miss out on the gratification and, and the gratitude that you should feel from from being in the moment and, and doing it, right? Um, I feel like when I do comedy now, I'm so relaxed that in the moment, I, I do take the time to just enjoy that very moment, like enjoy and savor. And it doesn't take away from my performance, you know? I, I think maybe it's maturity, but to actually sit there and like bask in it, you know? Uh, to sit there and be like, yo, I'm, I'm, I'm doing what I love right now. I'm, I got the microphone in my hand, the, the lights on my face. I can't see the faces. I'm taking my time with this joke and then pop, smash that punchline and feel the, the wave of laughter overcome, overcome me in the room. And, uh, you know, and always, always striving. I'm always striving for e- explosive laughter, right? Like I want people, th- there are different levels of laughter. I want the type of laughter where it builds and it grows to the point where, you, where people are having a hard time breathing, not in a, like an unsafe manner, but like, I'm always striving for that belly laugh that like oh my gosh, I can't believe this is so funny type thing, you know? And, and I, I, that's the bar that I set for myself. Um, and, you know, I, I don't get that all the time, obviously. But when I do, you know, it becomes about trying to, to repeat that as consistently as possible. That's what I'm in pursuit of is, you know, if I can get to the point where every couple s- s- seconds or statements, I can get that uproar, I mean... That's what I'm striving for. So if you guys can if if that's not happening then you guys know I'm still trying I'm working hard to get to that point secretly, you know. Um anyway. What else guys? I'm just yeah, I'm thankful for all the stage time that I've been given and that I'm getting, you know. I, I do feel that I'm making traction here in New York. Some people are you know, respecting me more and more getting more, you know, I don't have a ton of followers on social media, but I'm, I'm working on that. So if you guys want to follow me uh, on any, you know, Twitter and Instagram, that stuff, Matt, it really helps. It's the droid, T-H-E-D-R-O-Y-D. I'm talking a lot about myself. So let's shift gears and talk about what's going on in the comedy world. I talked about what's going on in the world. I talked about what's going on in my comedy world. Now let's talk about what's going on in the comedy world a little bit. 
uh, just to kind of break up this thing so it's not too much about me. I know my girlfriend would appreciate that because she thinks I talk too much about myself, um, which is probably true. But, you know, what can I say? Come- I'm a comedian, and sometimes comedians are a little uh, um, wrapped up in their own world. Uh, I try to try to break outside of that as much as I can, but, uh, you know, it is what it is, all right? So Matt Damon hosted the last SNL um, um, episode of the year. It was, the you know, going into Christmas there. Uh, I, th- I think he's a great actor. Um, I thought it was a great show, a lot of funny sketches. You know, Matt Damon's a, you know, he's just a, he's a, he's a put-together fellow, you know. He's, um, you know, I mean, he, he was successful right off the bat when he, when he first uh, wrote and uh, starred in his first movie with Robin Williams and Matt, uh, Ben Affleck. What was it? Uh, Good Will Hunting, you know, one of the best movies out there. Yeah, he wrote that script, and uh, it's carried him through. They even made some callbacks to it in SNL this last week, and I think the first time he hosted the show, this was the second time he hosted, and the first time was 16 years ago. So, uh, you know, he he made a joke about that, which was like, you know, when the first Born Identity came out, the first Born movie. He had a great monologue, and it was very heartfelt. He ended his monologue. In fact, my girlfriend made me watch it. She she had seen it. I think I was sleeping at the time, and she was like, "You got to see his monologue." So you guys should check it out. It's very heartfelt. He talked about how his dad, you know, basically it was not about SNL, but it was how SNL was a lens in which he bonded with his dad as a kid. You know, his he basically talked about how his dad loved SNL, and his dad would let him stay up late and watch it, and he remembered the first time that he he made it all the way through and. You know, he said that he laughed at all the parts that his dad laughed at, you know, which which meant he didn't really, you know, he didn't necessarily get all the jokes. But it, what what mattered to him as a kid was seeing the happiness that SNL brought to his father. And through that, he 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 liked SNL as a result. And he gave a nice cheers to, you know, to all the parents out there that let their uh, kids stay up late for all the all the right reasons, and uh, you know it was perfect. It was a it was a it was a really nice thing. Good holiday vibe to it. Um, so it was a good way for SNL to cap off the year. Um, check it out. Anyway, uh, Kevin Hart stepped down from hosting the Oscars. Uh, as you guys probably know, it's a couple weeks old now because of some some homophobic type tweets that he uh, made several years ago, which I read the tweets and. I I can say this. My brother, my brother's gay. I grew up from the time I was five years, as long as I can remember. Five years old, I think, is when I was five when my brother came out of the closet, and I had a really healthy relationship my whole life, you know, with with uh, being directly exposed to to that lifestyle. And uh, this is what I'll say: I wasn't offended by what Kevin Hart said. A lot of people. You know, the Oscars got rid of him or he stepped down. People are really too sensitive right now. You know, like, first of all, who knows where Kevin Hart is today? I mean, yeah, it was a little homophobic. Uh, It was homophobic, what he said, but it wasn't, like, hateful. You know, it wasn't hateful. There's a difference between, you know... He said he wouldn't want his son. He doesn't want his son to grow up gay, right? 
who wants their son to grow up gay? You know, it's a hard life to live, right? It's, it's, um, it doesn't mean that he would love his son less. Like I, uh, when I have kids, I, no matter what my son is, I, I, I love him equally, but he's going to have a harder life. Most likely if he's gay, you know, and no father wants to see um, their son have a tough life. Some get dads out there might not want their son to be gay for different reasons. And who knows what the true reason Kevin Hart felt at that time. But he's not the only guy, I guarantee, that's ever felt that. It doesn't mean he's a terrible person. It doesn't mean that he's grown or has a different way of looking at the world now. I mean, that was a long time ago. People... People are so quick to, to judge and cast Twitter stones, as I call them. Like, just stop judging everybody. Take a, Look into yourself first. Anyone that judges is, is not really taking a true introspective look into themselves, you know? So um, it's kind of sad. I, you know, Kevin Hart's happened to take a little bit of a, uh, a step away from things, but he is... Uh, I think he, he just announced some shows in Atlantic City coming up. So he's he's back on the horse. Glad to see it. Uh, I assume my brother's not offended by it. My brother uh, is funny because he... Um, somebody was doing something once and my brother's like, that guy's so gay. And, and he wasn't commenting on their sexuality. He was commenting on <laughs> the, the way the person was. So he was using gay in a different way. And I thought it was the funniest thing I've ever heard in my life. Uh, but you know, people just need to stop being so soft. You know, I, I grew up in, I, I lived in Missouri for half my life and you know, there was white kids, there was black kids. I played sports and we all made fun of each other. We, we joked about our race to each other and it was a way of bonding and sharing love, you know? And you know, when, when people come out and you know, get so offended, it makes me doubt that they've ever had any type of strong enough connection where they, they can even, you know, joke uh, on that type of level with somebody that they think that they're defending. You know, people are too afraid to look racist that they become overly sensitive. They're so worried about not looking racist that they, um, they become like an inverse Nazi, which is a good thing to become like you, anyone should strive to be the opposite of a Nazi. I do agree with that. So, um, that's not the right word. Um, people try so hard to, um, do the, you know, like to do the right thing. Sometimes that they do some damage is, is I guess what I'm trying to say. I have a joke that I'm working on where I say, you know, stereotypes, even when well-intentioned are not always good. For example, um, you know, like there's a stereotype that all black dudes have big peni and that's not always true. I played football. I, I was in the locker rooms. It's usually true. It's very, very often true, but it's not always true. And I think that we're putting a lot of pressure on those that aren't well equipped. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm creating awareness here by, by letting the world know that, you know, we're putting a lot of pressure on this marginalized group of African American men with small peni. And we need to, we need to be sensitive that, uh, we're creating expectations, you know, you could use that concept toward any, any stereotype, you know, like, where's the, where's the love for the non-successful Jews? You know what I mean? Like, 
we need to create awareness for the non-successful Jews and start a march for them, you know, because um, there's Jewish people out there that feel like they have to be successful. Uh, same with Asians, right? Oh, if you don't get a perfect score on your on your uh, calculus test, you're automatically a failure, right? No, um, we need we need to um, we need to be sensitive of that. So they're creating these, you know, these brush these brush stroke uh, expectations, you know. So anyway. Um, what else is going on in the world of uh, comedy? UTA hires Mark Gordon. He was Mark Gordon was leading the comedy part of CAA, you know, like the biggest talent agency in Hollywood. I I actually met him. His booth was right next to mine at uh, NACA in early November, and uh, he's already leaving. It was he seemed happy? Uh, I don't. I wonder what happened. Maybe you got a better offer. Who knows? But that's too bad, because um, I thought that was my end to CAA. Anyway, uh, what else? Uh, Polly Shore, I was listening. Polly Shore has a podcast. I was listening to it, a little bit of that today. He, um, I like Polly Shore. Biodome was one of my favorite movies growing up. I used to watch it on, like, I used to rewind that movie and then just turn it back on, just watch it, like, multiple times a day when I was in, like, sixth grade. I thought Biodome was awesome with, Alec Baldwin's brother, Stephen Baldwin. Um, and uh, I was curious to listen, uh, to you know, to see what Polly Shore had to say. It was a little dark, and he kept yawning during the podcast. Wake up, Polly, you know? But it was interesting to, to hear his perspective from where he is in life right now. Uh, I didn't get a chance to finish it yet, but you guys might want to check it out. I like Polly Shore, you know, he's a, he's a good dude. People are mean. You know, he was on top of the world in the 90s, and then people, he kind of dropped off, and people were just really mean, you know? People need to quit being so mean to celebrities. You know, they worship them one second, and then they hate them the next. It's, it's really a weird dichotomy. Um, you know, look at Pete Davidson. Pete Davidson right now. He's been going through, uh, you know, that dude went through. He was on a space shuttle to the stars, one second with Ariana Grande and the next minute he's falling back to earth without a parachute. So I don't know. You just got to stay grounded, I guess. Um, but, uh, hopefully he's doing all right. seems like he's doing okay. He was hanging out with Dave Chappelle recently. So that's pretty cool. I guess he stayed at his house, uh, not long ago I was saying. So, you know, mental health, take care, got to take care of that mental health guys. You know what I mean? Pete Davidson and, Kanye West need to, you know, maybe play some piano or something. I don't know. I guess piano is good for your mental health. I don't know. Uh, last news update in the world of comedy that I wanted to mention. It's really a plug just because I, I think it's it's a reminder for myself and maybe anyone who, who loves comedy or Saturday Night Live, uh, especially if you uh, are older, probably older than me, but Gilda Radner there's a, a CNN film called Love Gilda. I've mentioned it before, but it's actually going to show on Tuesday, January 1st at 9 p.m. Uh, on CNN. It's going to explore the dramatic story of the legendary comic Gilda Radner. And uh, I think it's uh, something that I want to check out. She seems like a very... I didn't ever get to see her live, obviously, right? I'm finding... I found, about, I found out about her after she passed away because I'm... 
because I'm a young and I'm a millennial, but uh, people loved her, and I can see why. I've I've you know seen some stuff of hers, and she just seems like she's got a. You know, she's not just talented, but she's got that human, like connection thing. You know, I think when you watch her, you can, you see somebody that you like, right? Somebody that that has that warm spirit and uh, also very talented. So when you put those together, it's um. It's hard to deny that, you know, it's a fun thing to watch. So, anyway, that's that. Uh, I got a couple more things. I know I'm going, it's been a while since I recorded a podcast, so forgive me for talking so long. I do have a little bit left. Uh, I talked about I've been doing a lot with stand-up. I've also been focusing on the sketch stuff. So, if you check out my either Facebook or YouTube or Instagram, you'll see this sketch that me and my buddy Dom Leonelli created. Uh, with uh, a guy named Ben Mead, he's a uh, you know he filmed it. He's a big guy in film. He did my headshots recently. Uh, it turned out really well. You know, it was a 60 second sketch. We went to Union Square Park. I wrote the sketch up. You know, it was supposed to be it was a one pager. You know, written up in final draft, and we filmed it. Did a couple different angles. Had some lapel mics. And turned it around in in a very short period of time. You know, it was a trifecta. You know, we had a good team there, and uh, it turned out surprisingly much better than I was hoping for. And it's gotten some attention, and uh, people want to see what we can do next. So check out that sketch, guys. It's like I said, it's I, I posted it everywhere on my accounts, on my social media accounts. Dom Leonelli, Ben Mead, follow them. You know, Dom's hilarious. Uh, I love performing with him. Uh, Stand-up-wise, we've, we've done a bunch of shows. It's funny, we'll, we'll be out on the stand-up circuit. He'll introduce me sometimes, and, and then like we'll give a shout-out to each other on the sketch. And It's pretty fun to live in that world where you're kind of like going in between the acting and comedy and collaboration and, you know, just with, with people that you respect. You know, I think Dom's, Dom's very talented. He's very funny. I, I remember... You know, a year ago when I first saw him performing, I was like, this dude's hilarious, you know. So it's really cool getting to collaborate with people like that. And then, you know, Ben's just, you know, he's been doing film for a while. And, you know, he blew my mind. And, you know, what he turned around in such a short period of time there with that with that video. So very excited about that. I'm still taking my sketch class at UCB. I'm in the middle of 301 right now, you know, just writing a lot. You know, that's that, you know, writing stuff for that class led to me having that idea that we film with you know dom and ben so that class i think is is treating me well i'm just trying to write regularly you know keep that muscle exercised you know just because it is a muscle stay regular with it it's all about momentum you know uh i just enrolled in uh another advanced study class for improv at ucb it's going to be the advanced study herald with one of my favorite teachers there jonathan his name is John Timothy. Uh, so I'm excited about that. Starting that in the new year. Going to audition for uh, you know, the, the Lloyd Knight there on the improv side. Going to audition again for the Academy. So you know I'm excited about uh, what 2019 has uh, in the world of UCB potentially. Uh, either way, no matter what, I'm, I'm getting a lot out of it. And, and uh, it's helping me with uh, my own personal social media sketches. And uh, I can see how I can see why be, being trained in that area uh, is important, you know, for somebody to understand kind of the bigger picture. So, um, 
Speaking of UCB, Amy Puller has just opened a wine store in Park Slope. That was, that's cool. I, I wonder how she's doing. I mean, that's kind of that's kind of cool. It's always you know good to see when people, you know, branch out and you know monetize some things when they have that platform. Reminds me of uh, something I heard recently. I met a dude who lives in my building who, I guess, uh, told me that P Diddy doesn't have any equity in Ciroc. So talking about entertainers and, and, and business, you would think that P. Diddy would know better than that. After all of his business ventures, I, when I found that out, I started laughing. It's like, come on, that's such an amateur move when you've been in the world of business for so long. Why why did you get involved with Ciroc P. Diddy if you don't have any equity in it? So apparently he's going around trying to sue a bunch of people, um, which is hilarious to me. Um, anyway, last thing I'll mention in my world of comedy is that I did this play called A Sketch of New York. It was the alumni group that came back, some of the alumni at least, because they, they have different Sketch of New York casts. But uh, I reunited with uh, the directors there and, uh, you know, did a, a put on a Christmas show with my fellow uh, cast mates, if that's the right word. Uh, for Christmas time in the city, it's like a holiday uh, alumni show for a Sketch of New York. We uh, a couple of the sketches were were already written, you know, and, you know some good sketches that were already written. But the majority of the show, we actually wrote the sketches and performed them as a cast in three weeks. You know, we 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 started three weeks from from the show date. You know, it was a Friday, Saturday, Sunday show last weekend. Or, you know, the weekend before Christmas, I should say. And uh, everybody was, we came together, we collaborated, we brainstormed. Some of us took the initiative of actually going home and writing the sketch after collaboration. I personally wrote a sketch. You know, we reworked it a couple of times in, in practice. And uh, one of my sketches was in the show. I, I was one of the actors in it. So that was a really cool thing. You know, that's very intertwined with what I'm working on at UCB, except this is theater, it's live, right? There's a different element to, you know, having a live sketch uh, versus, you know, something that's filmed. You know, there's elements to each that there's overlap, obviously, because you're acting in both. But it was really fun to be able to collaborate and to, to have something that I actually wrote um, that was both filmed recently and then, you know, uh, done live and performed live with a cast. It felt like Saturday Night Live in a way, I guess you could say. Um, so it's fun to get that experience and the, you know, the bond that you develop when you, when you, you know, it's a choice you make, right? Um, but when you, when you, when you make that dedication with a group of people, um, over a period of time like that, where you're, where you're all kind of relying on each other and you're working together, like you bond and we, we became close, you know, we, we had three big shows. We, we all took it seriously because why be there if you're not going to take it seriously? And, you know, we were, we started some big group text, you know, the, you know, after our show and literally it was, I think the next day was Christmas Eve and there was like 200 messages in, in a 24 hour period on this group of like 10, 11 people. It was, it was really fun. You know, we were all going back and forth and it made Christmas even better. It, it, it added warmth and light to the holiday um, you know, getting messages in the middle of the night on Christmas Eve and everyone was sharing videos and pictures and 
I set up a Dropbox account, and you know, I, I had some videos that I filmed in 4K because I'm a boss. <laughs> no, but I was able to share that with them, and that made me happy to be able to to do something like that. Um, and they had pictures that there, you know, there's different angles that different people, you know, we had a good turnout. The audiences were fun. Saturday night show was great. And, uh, it was, it was cool. My girlfriend got to come check out a, one of the shows and it was just, it was gratifying, you know? So, uh, it was an off, off Broadway. I recommend, uh, getting involved with something like that for anybody that loves acting or, or wants to get involved. It's just, it's a lot of fun. You know, it, it was, uh, it was a cool way to spend the holiday season or, or at least part of the holiday spirit leading up to Christmas, you know, engaging in, in something like that. We were meeting three days a week for a few hours at a time each day. And, uh, you know, it was, uh, it was, it was what I, it was as good as I was hoping it would be, if not better. So anyway, um, well, hour and 12 72 minutes in right now i've just got a couple more things you know i usually end with what's going on in my world you know christmas was fun i listened to an episode a year ago where i i did a i recorded an episode on christmas in 2017 and i remember staying in new york and i had a christmas wish that you know someday i meet a, a chick right and it's funny whether or not uh, my girlfriend and i end up uh standing the test of time uh, that's tbd right but uh, for the time being, it's been a lot of fun. We had a great Christmas together. It was obviously our first Christmas. Um, I call you know I call her Jekka because uh, the kids she nannies she nannies kids and one of them calls her Jekka because she she's she's so young she can't say Jessica yet so she calls her Jekka which is my new nickname for her. And uh, you know on Christmas Eve we you know we had a nice breakfast made some nice breakfast made a big mess in the kitchen and then went, you know, went out, brought some, uh, made some mimosas and went out and did some touristy type things, you know, went to Central Park and, you know, went around to some of the pop-up Christmas shops, you know, in Central Park and in different parks like Bryant Park, got her like some, some random stuff like a puzzle and, um, just, you know, we went to like Fifth Avenue, saw, went into the plaza hotel to urinate I, I had to go in there it was my only way to convince her to let me go in there because she didn't want to be too caught up in the touristy stuff so I, that was my way of getting into the plaza hotel i was hoping to see macaulay culkin i didn't get to but i did watch that google home commercial i don't know if you guys have seen that but that was a pretty cool uh, uh pretty cool little comeback there a small little thing that macaulay culkin did uh coolest probably advertisement google home's ever gonna get uh, I, I definitely recommend Googling Macaulay Culkin Google Home commercial. Um, so that was pretty fun. Uh, you know, stopped by some of the fancy shops on Fifth Avenue, jewelry places, clothes. Went to St. Patrick's Cathedral. Um, you know, you know Jessica is a Catholic, so of course she likes it in there. And I bought her uh, some stuff from her favorite saint which is not St. Michael, sadly, but, you know, it is what it is. I'll, I'll get over it. Um, so that was a lot of fun. Checked out the Rockefeller Christmas tree from different angles. It was beautiful, of course. Macaulay Culkin, unfortunately, was not there. Checked out Bryant Park and the skating rink. I wanted to take her skating, but we, we, we didn't really have enough time if we were going to get to go Christmas caroling. So we went down to 
you know, they're, they're six o'clock, they were going to have the Christmas carolers at Washington Square Park, which is down by Greenwich Village, where I do a lot of comedy stuff. So that was cool. We went down there, did a little caroling. There's thousands of people gathered there by candlelight and had some of their music notes out. Some people were reading the songs off their phones. But, you know, just getting that vibe in the air was it was different. I hadn't been to Washington Square Park at Christmas before, and I haven't done caroling in New York. So that was a lot of fun. Then we went home, rested up, went out to dinner, you know, kind of basically like became, uh, what do they call it, gluttony at the bar. Just ate a bunch of, you know, filled our bellies with all kinds of fun appetizers and food and, you know, drank. And uh, I think after that, we might have just gone home and passed out. I can't even remember, to be honest. But, oh, we watched that TV show that Ben Stiller produced. Have you guys seen that one uh, about the jail? The jail. Benicio Del Toro was in jail about the guys that broke out of jail. It's like a six-episode season. I couldn't stop watching. I watched the entire season. My girlfriend fell asleep like one episode in. We watched it to make her happy. She falls asleep. I get involved and I watch the entire thing till four in the morning on Christmas Eve, which is not a Christmas type show at all, but I, I couldn't stop watching it. Uh, the way that those guys were committed to breaking out of jail reminded me of the level of commitment and dedication I have toward making my comedy career successful. So... I found that inspiring, but then I also was slightly, like, turned off because, you know, they, they showed what these guys did to get in jail, and it was disturbing, you know. Uh, that was not motivating. That was that was sad, you know. So um, apparently it's based on a true story. But that's cool that Ben Stiller's uh, getting involved on that like level. He's not, he's not an actor. I didn't get to see much of his SNL uh hosting episode before Ben Ben uh, or Matt Damon's but I'm sure it was good you know Ben Stiller's fun so uh what else is going on in my world what did I get for Jessica I got her a couple things you know like that dinner I'm giving her $200 off rent be to uh to do my website she wants to do like a new reinvented website she thinks that uh it currently is not that not not that good so you know she calls herself the director, the chief of staff at Droid Entertainment. So I guess she's uh, in charge of some of the marketing stuff there. And uh, she's in charge of that initiative. So $200 off rent to uh, to reinvent my website. You guys will probably see a, a new website here in the beginning of 2019. Uh, Christmas Day, we just slept all day. Uh, we, we wore Santa pajamas giant santa suit i went downstairs once to see if i had any mail you know aka any any christmas presents that i had missed uh luckily i went down there i did have a card in the mail so that was nice uh my chick got me some noise canceling earbuds for bose those sleep those sleep buds that bose has now um i'll talk about that in a second but um yeah, um, let me think. We're almost done here. Yeah, she um, she got me these earbuds, and uh, I just got them in the mail today, actually. And it's funny because she's been, I guess she's gotten lazy after Christmas. She's like sleeping all day, every day now. It's like that. She's turned into uh, some lazy creature. And uh, I'm actually the one who's not sleeping. I'm working on my comedy stuff. I got back on the, the right track today. I worked out, you know. 
been grabbing the bull by the horns again. Going to enter the new year on top. It's 2.55 in the morning right now, so I, it's like we've switched roles. You know, I talked about how she's always staying up late working on her computer in the closet working on stuff. Now I'm in the closet staying up all night. And tonight at like 1 in the morning, I told her I was going to record a podcast, and she started yelling at me. She's like, I need you to, to, to go to bed. It's messing with my sleep sky cycle. It's throwing me off. It's, it's exactly the words that I once said to her. You know, she stays up late because she has trouble sleeping. Um, so it's kind of funny. It's always hilarious when the tides unexpectedly turn. I'm not doing it to get back at her in any way, but it's always good when the other person can see it from your perspective and vice versa. Funny thing is, is she we got these earbuds for me because she stays up late and she's using them right now. You know, she's she's the one who's using the earbuds, screaming at me in the middle of the night. Um, I haven't even gotten to use the earbuds yet, so that's that's always interesting. Uh, when uh, you know, when somebody gets you a gift and then uh, they use it before you do, it's like when someone buys you a beer, but then they take the first couple sips of your beer, it ends up being like the entire beer that they drank, and you're like, oh, no problem, dude. I'll just buy myself a beer. No worries, you know. <laughs> um. Is there anything else? Yeah, there was one or two other things that I wanted to talk about. Um, I had uh, my buddy Chris and John come in a couple weeks ago. We actually had recorded some stuff for a podcast, but uh, this, this one is too long already, so maybe I'll introduce that at another point. But we are you know, rapping at one point. John was rapping and hating on me via a rap, which was pretty funny. Um, so we'll maybe introduce that uh, in a future episode. Um, I wanted to say, um, you guys remember me talking about the girl that I licked her butt or whatever. I have a bit about it. It was the hate sex stuff. Well, my girlfriend hates that girl, uh, because of, cause I licked her butt, even though I, I hate that chick. So it's funny. My girlfriend hates, her name's Maria. My girlfriend hates Maria and so do I. So I don't. I would think it's, if I hate Maria, like, I don't think my girlfriend needs to hate her, but she hates her because I licked her butt a long time ago, so that's always interesting. Oh, and, you know, Maria decorated my Christmas tree a year ago, and as she was decorating my Christmas tree, she fired me from being Just Benefits, which I thought was extremely rude, but, um, you know, we, we, we dislike each other. I, my girlfriend has no reason to to hate Maria. I would lick my girlfriend's butt if she would let me, but she won't. So I don't really know what to do about that. Anyway, last thought of the day, and then we can call it a day. I know this podcast has been forever. You guys are probably exhausted. Listen to me. My throat is hurting from talking so long. I feel like I'm going to get like sick from doing this podcast. You know how you start to get sick? When I flew to China, I thought I was going to die on the airplane, being, being on a plane for 14 hours. Uh, maybe that's being soft, but I'm starting to feel that way right now from talking for an hour and a half. Hopefully your guys' eardrums are not as sore as my throat right now. Uh, but I do want to tell you guys one last thing before I go. I think it sums things up pretty well with the Christmas season and everything. You guys remember that guy that uh, I said hits me up all the time on Facebook, right? Like I met him through my old roommate in California um, his, my old roommate, Colin, who actually liked my video recently. You know that video I told you guys, the sketch I created, he, 
he liked it. He he commented on it, and, and then he requested to join the Michael Oldroyd comedy group, uh, where you have to be granted permission to join. Uh, I thought that was pretty fun that he uh, that he liked that. And we went back and forth a couple times. Anyway, through his church, there was this one guy that um, that I met, and he was always a little bit off. I I don't know how to to explain it, but you know. I think part of being in a church community is always accepting accepting people, right? And uh, whether you're a part of a church community or not, I think you should always be nice and respectful to every human being, regardless of how weird you think they are. Sometimes it's hard to do that. Um, It's harder to do that in in some situations than others. But I think the right thing to do is to always, always be respectful. Don't be a bully. Don't be mean, even if you think someone is kind of weird. You know, if you're kind of in a, a clique or whatever and you see somebody and you're, you know, you're worried that your peers are going to judge you for hanging out, you know, like, don't don't be that weak, right? Like, be a, be a grown human being and, and respect all people. So this, this dude would always come around and you could tell he was annoying <laughs> everybody in this church group of, of my old roommates. And if someone's annoying the church kids, then they must be annoying. You know what I mean? Like if, if the church kids are embarrassed to be around somebody, then that somebody must be really out there. Uh, and that's exactly, I'm not going to say his name, but it's the guy that always hits me up. And our, our Facebook messages continue to go back and forth. And I don't know why I keep responding to him. I told you guys once that the only reason I'm responding to him is because he might be secretly God. But uh, I did want to talk about that perspective. I think that's a flawed perspective. I think uh, there are some people out there that are religious. I've heard that before. It's like, you know, Jesus could be anybody, so you should treat everyone with respect. But I think that's stupid because that's kind of like investing in the stock market, right? Like, I, I think that kind of defeats the point of what it is to be a, a, a all-loving person. You shouldn't you shouldn't treat somebody nice with the off chance that they could be God or with the off chance that they could help you someday, right? You should you should treat someone with respect and be welcoming even if you know 100% that they'll never be able to help you. In fact, I think it goes further if, if it's not, you know, like I, I if someone... For example, let's let's turn the tides. Well, if someone, if I saw that somebody treated somebody nice because they thought that they that other person was was God, I know this is a weird this is a weird conversation, um, <laughs> to, to this one way conversation. But if I saw somebody do that to somebody else, I would think less of them than I would it. Not to be judgmental, but than I would if they truly just treated them with respect and were nice to them out of the kindness of their heart. Right, because if you're doing it with, you know, in the off chance that you're going to get something in return, then it's not the highest level of good. The highest level of good is when you're doing something because it's the right thing to do, even if you get nothing out of it. Right, that that's true service, a selfless act. Right, so I'm trying to do that for for this kid. Not, uh, I've I've I want to clarify for the listeners that I do not treat this guy. Um, nice because he might be God. I'm treating him nice because 
nobody else is probably. And he's leaning on me too hard, guys. He's hitting me up too much. And when I don't respond to him right away, he'll say something like, I appreciate you always being there for me. And I can't tell if he's being sarc. Like, I can't tell if he's kind of like secretly saying, hey, man, pay attention to me. Or if he's actually being genuine. But it's, it is really getting on my nerves and I'm not exactly sure how to handle it. I'm, I'm on the brinks of sending him a message of just saying politely, hey, man, you know, uh, I want to respond to that message of thanks for always being there to me and saying something like, hey, man, I'm not always going to be able to be here for you. I'm, I'm a human being and, you know, uh, I need you to lean on me less, right? I'm, I, I, I also have other friends. You are my friend, but, but you know, you, you reach out to me more than my own mother does, right? Like my girlfriend hits me up the most and then you're second place and then my mom and then all my friends. So if you could just kind of maybe maybe lower the, the frequency at which you hit me up and ask me things, it'd be greatly appreciated considering we don't live in the same state. I've met you in person a few times. The last time I saw you was 10 years ago and I didn't really, you know, you know, it's not going to enrich my life to stay in contact with you, <laughs> but apparently it's enriching yours to stay in contact with me. That sounds bad, but, um, either way, I'm, I'm, I think I'm trying to be unselfish and, uh, hopefully that's part of my community service, uh, this holiday season. I don't know. That sounds terrible. Um, so let's let's pretend I didn't just say that last part and just uh, remember the fact that you know I'm, I'm I'm you know that I'm not ignoring this guy and telling him to to get lost you know so maybe he is God I don't know you know what I mean <laughs> anyway I hope you guys enjoyed the holidays Merry Christmas Happy Hanukkah Happy Kwanzaa Happy New Year. Thanks for all your support in 2018. Cheers to a better 2019. I love you guys. Let's do it big. Uh, go get, go grab the world by the tail, pull it down, and put it in your fucking pocket in 2019. Let's do it, all right? Peace. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. By the way, am I the only one who's horny?